Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Could these study results apply to your life? If you or a loved one are living with HER2-positive metastatic breast cancer, take a look at the data for a clinical study where 50% of eligible people with HER2-positive MBC lived over two years without their tumors growing or spreading. Visit HER2Results.com to learn more. Your teen requested a ride, but this time not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You drive your teenager around a lot to their friend Jacob's house, their other friend Jake's house, to James's, to Jaden's, to Jalen's, to... Uh, Mom? This is Jake's house, not Jacob's. Now with an Uber teen account, your teen can request a ride under your supervision. They'll ride with a highly rated driver, and with live trip tracking, you'll follow along the whole ride to their friends' houses that all sound the same. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. Bye, Mom. Tales from the Vault is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DK1. And get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just five bucks and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DK1 for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line. 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. America's most reliable network is going ultra with Verizon 5G Ultra Wideband in more and more places. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. Wait, what? Yes, Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. 5G Ultra Wideband available in select areas. Most reliable based on rankings from the RootMetrics U.S. Root Score Report dated first half 2021, excluding C-band and not specific to 5G networks. Your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization. I'm Pro Football Hall of Fame journalist Andrea Kramer, and welcome to NFL Films Tales from the Vault. This is a weekly podcast where you'll get to hear raw, unedited conversations that have never been heard before in their entirety between the legendary Steve Sable and some of the greatest players and coaches in NFL history. This show, it's like a time capsule. It takes you back to a specific period in a player or coach's career. 
Now, Steve interviewed hundreds of the game's most important figures in his five decades as head of NFL Films. And as you'll hear, he would ask them anything. So today, we head to Mississippi, where Steve met up with a then 26-year-old Brett Favre. On July 1st, 1996, Steve Sable traveled to Kill, Mississippi. Current population, 2,319. To interview Brett Favre for the first time. At this point in his career, Favre had just completed his fourth season in Green Bay. He was coming off the first of three consecutive MVP awards, yet he still hadn't won the Super Bowl. He was young, electric, and personified fun both as a person and in his playing style. Everyone wanted to get to know him. That's so hard to imagine now, knowing everything we do about Brett. I mean, he basically grew up so much in the public eye with his private life on display for everyone. We learned about his painkiller addiction, his wife Deanna's breast cancer, and our hearts broke when we learned about the death of his beloved father, Irv, and we cheered for Brett when he had the game of his life that night against the Raiders. When Steve went to visit Brett in his hometown, he really wanted to get to know Mississippi Brett, where he came from, his roots, his family. All of Favre's idiosyncrasies just fascinated Steve, and he needed to immerse himself in Brett's world to fully grasp it. Now, before we dig into the vault, you gotta let me set the scene for you. So, Picture Steve Sable sitting alongside Brett Favre on a dock with a muddy body of water behind them, both wearing shorts and white polo shirts. Now, don't forget, this is home to Brett Favre, but certainly not for Steve Sable. No damn snakes he's yeah. up in here. Well, they have snakes here? Full of them. Where we're sitting, there's snakes? Oh, yeah. So, what kind of snakes? Moccasin. Well, those things were poisonous, too, mm -hmm. weren't they? Yeah, they won't hurt you too bad. Did you ever get bit by one of them? No, but yeah. uh, my younger brother's friend's daughter got bit last week. Here? By a snake? No, but somewhere around here. Now, where are we? Where, where, where if, if, you, if I was going to say, where are we located? What's the name of the place we're in? We're in Hancock County, which is the <laughs> county right next to Louisiana, on the bottom mm -hmm. left-hand corner of yeah. Mississippi. And this is called Rotten Bayou, which is... Um, like a little so creek. we're sitting on the dock of the bay by Rotten Bayou? Yeah. No, no. Well, how did it get that name? I'm afraid to ask. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I, I guess a lot of dirty diapers and, and, and trash has been thrown in here. I don't know. But you, uh, your dad says you fish here. Yeah. Yeah. What do you catch? Catch bass, perch, yeah. uh, catfish. Um, do, you, do you know how to cook it? Sure. So you can skin it and everything? Yeah, and fillet it yeah. and cook it up. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Really? Alligators, gars, So there's, a, there's alligators in here too, yeah. right? You're down south, Steve. <laughs> it's now, not you know, New Jersey. Listen, no, I know. This is so backwoods. I turned on the TV last night, and they got Beverly Hillbillies on PBS. So I know, I know I'm backwoods back here. Absolutely. But, you know, everybody here, Brett's got a funny way of talking. Like, this is ki kill, right? Kill. But it's spelled... K-I-L-N. Now, and your name, too, is pronounced Favre, but it's spelled... F-A-V-R-E. 
Now, how? What is that? Is that is that like a just a, pecu a peculiarity of this area, or? I, I think so. There are some Farves down here who, who uh, spell their name F A R V E. Uh, my grandfather on my dad's side is full-blooded Indian. Uh, you know, I don't yeah. know if that has anything to do with it. And, yeah. and then my mother's side is is kind of a French Cajun a little bit. Yeah. Um, so there is obviously. Your mom told me that that her dad ran a, a tavern here. His name was Benny French. Sure yeah. did for years, and Hurricane Camille had wiped it out and redid it, yeah. and uh, eventually sold it off to my uncle. Now the road that we drove up on is all is an old dirt road to this house. Mm -hmm. What happens when it rains? I mean, how the hell do you get in here? Well, you just don't wash your car for a while. Because <laughs> uh, it does get tough. I, yeah. I can remember uh, in growing up that most of the roads around here were all dirt. Yeah. And, and trying to get to school on a rainy day was almost impossible. So they would cancel uh, certain days of school because of, uh, like up north, you know, if yeah. it snows, yeah. uh, they'll cancel school if it's bad enough. Well, down here, if it, if it rains bad enough that uh, the roads are flooded and it's dirt, then you mm -hmm. can forget it. So we now, always prayed for rain. <laughs> The road here is named the Irwin Irvin Farr Road, road. right? But it doesn't—it's not spelled right. Well, they spell it F-A-R-V-E. So how come nobody? You know, if you have a road named after you, you'd think that your dad would have gone out there and at least corrected the spelling. Well, you know what? We've had the had the sign either stolen or shot at so many times. Shot at? Yeah. A mailbox. We used to go down and uh, grab mail, and the mailbox would either be bent or it'd be gone. Sometimes we'd open up and there'd be firecrackers that had been popped yeah. in it. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people around here who are proud of the things I've done. And so they shoot at, shoot at your mailbox? Yeah. That, that's a way of showing that they're proud? Of well, there are some who are that's jealous, but there's, yeah. that's, that's, a, uh, that's a rarity. Um, but the, the, for the most part, the people here are very proud and, and uh, uh, kind of stick up for me in, in all areas. And your family's been in this area your whole life, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, for like 30 years. Mm -hmm. I was here. born and raised right here. Really? Mm -hmm. Now, the people down here, you got a lot of funny expressions that you use. Now, I remember we mic'd you for a game, and you're warming up, and you pick up the ball, and you're going like this, and you say, this ball's slicker than owl shit. <laughs> now, how do you know how <laughs> slick that is? Well, how, you just got to grow up, you know, yeah. in, in, in this type of uh, environment. You know, uh, uh, you know, I've been in New Jersey and seen where you, where yeah. you hang out. Um, and, and to me, that's different. You know, uh, my mother last night told me, well, if, if Steve and these guys are coming down, we've got to make sure we have them something that uh, they can relate to to eat. And I said, well, hey, I, when I go to New Jersey, I don't ask for uh, crawfish etouffee. I said, I eat what they have. Um, so it's, it's kind of like the area. You know, you go and so you kind of blend your mom's going to have a cheesesteak for all the guys? I doubt it. Very seriously. <laughs> Red beans and rice is on Monday. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we do have a lot of expressions and... Um, you grow up in the country, you hear all those things, and then you start putting them together, and then you, you now, take them off with if, you. if I was going to say somebody is really stupid, what would be an expression that you use down here? You know, I, I heard your dad say something earlier we were talking. He says, this guy was dumber than a bag of hammers. Now, is that, is yeah, that or dumber than a bag of rocks, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think... Uh, um, Heck, there's so many, you know. Yeah. But I've I've kind of been away for so long, and I think when I first got to Green Bay, Mike Holmgren said, "Look, I can't understand this guy," so I started working on um, on my English a little bit and some of my sayings so he could relate to me. But we've kind of met in the middle a little bit. Yeah. Your mom said she sent him a book of Mississippi expressions. She so did. Could, yeah, she did. And another one I heard you talk about, you were saying there was a running back, and you said that he is slower than the steam off horse manure. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there any, well, how about if you're talking about somebody who's really fast? Is there an expression that you use for that? You know. 
Oh, God, I don't know. You see, you put me on the spot right yeah. now. They have to just kind of yeah. come spontaneous. All right, well, I was just wondering if there was a, if there's any other of those kind of expressions. You probably you know more of what I've said than, than I know. Yeah, well, and all I know all your favorite me. songs, too. That's right, that's right. i got to forget that you're Mike Miller. Woo! you to love it. Can you believe they passed, bro? That was you hit me. I thought you hit harder than that. Boy, I could sure use a hot dog with chili. We can't catch a damn cold. I don't even stretch anymore when I come out here. You think God never farted? Few people were as entertaining as Brett Favre, but I can say that about him in real life too. And by the way, over the time that I spent with him, fart jokes and references were commonplace. And occasionally, that's right, you'd get to witness one in the flesh. Very special. Let, let, let's move on here. He really had a mischievous streak. No one pulled pranks like Brett Favre. One of the most devious pranks that I can recall involved freezing teammates' car doors shut in the winter. So picture this, Favre would move the unlocked cars to the far end of the team parking lot in Green Bay. He would blast the air conditioner and pour water on the door so they couldn't get in. His Packers teammates would have a long trek through the windy parking lot to find their cars sealed shut from the ice. Now, naturally, this kind of behavior, if you will, dates back to his youth and would occasionally put him in the crosshairs of his coach, who just happened to be his father. All right, now, when you were a kid, did you get in trouble a lot? Uh, I don't know, compared to other kids, uh, probably, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, what? Yeah, you were, you did get in trouble? Or you yeah, were really, well, yeah, if you want to call it trouble. Um, yeah. I was pretty mischievous, and, and always, I was telling my uh, older brother yesterday, we went up to the old high school and was throwing uh, the football a little bit, and when we were little, We'd be at the same school, and as my dad was practicing after school, he was, dad a, was a coach, right? High school football coach. We would go sneak into the cafeteria and steal milk. Steal just to, milk? Just, yeah, yeah, just because we could do it. Yeah. You know, it was did no you big steal deal. it just to steal it, or did you drink it? No, we would drink it. Yeah. You know, we'd steal two or three cartons, and it was 10 cents a carton. Yeah. You know, and we'd drink the milk, and then we'd go over, and then my, while my dad was practicing, we'd sneak in the locker room, we'd steal Gatorade. <laughs> or we'd yeah. steal his jocks and socks and all this stuff because we wanted to be like the grown ups. Um, so we'd have this stuff and we'd have it in our drawers here. And then, you know, on Sundays after pro football games, we'd put them on and go out and play. Uh, now, when you were watch, when you were a kid growing up, were you a big pro football fan? Sure. Yeah. Um, we only Who got, was your favorite player? Uh, probably Archie Manning. Uh, we grew up, uh, as you can tell, in an area where we only got three channels. Mm -hmm. So it was ABC, NBC, and CBS. And the only game we could get was the Saints. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and those are the years the Saints were winning like one game at the most, yeah. at the most. You know, a lot of brown paper bags were sold in this area. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was fun watching them. And every year you just knew that they were going to the Super Bowl that year and they'd win two or three games. But it was, but it was a lot of fun. And um, Archie was a great player. You know, unfortunately, he didn't get to play with a great team. Now, your dad was a football coach. And mm -hmm. he's nicknamed the Hammer? N yeah, that one of numerous and nicknames. Butch, right? That's Butch. It, yeah. Was he tough to play for? Yeah, no. Um, I tell people I was very fortunate to, to get a chance to play for him because uh, I got a little extra. You know, mm -hmm. when other guys went home after practice and didn't talk football until the next afternoon, and we talked it on the ride home when we woke up at in the morning, um, at supper at night, mm -hmm. uh, before we went to bed, we were always talking football. And for me, uh, you know, for some kids maybe that's too much, but for me, I enjoyed it. And uh, there were times during practice and during games where we kind of butted heads a little bit, yeah. kind of like 
me and Mike do now. That's, that's uh, but, normal, though, with a quarterback yeah, and a coach. Though. That's it is. You know, the quarterback tends to think he knows everything, and, yeah. and the head coach tends to think he knows everything. So so there is some conflict there, but I think in the long run, if, if you're able to work it out, then uh, you can use it to your advantage. Now, when you went to high school here, were you a quarterback or a linebacker or running back or what? Uh, quarterback, played strong safety and punted and kicked mm -hmm. and uh, did just about everything. Yeah. Did you get a scholarship to college? Southern Mississippi uh, was, uh, I think, two days before the, the uh, signing date, college yeah. signing date. Um, our offensive line coach at Southern Miss gave me a call and said the guy that they had wanted backed out and went to a school in Florida. That now they had an opening for me. Do I, did I want to take it? And I said, sure, because I was going to a junior college here in, in uh, South Mississippi. Uh, so I was but very I, fortunate. But I was in that room, and you got so many trophies and stuff in there. Mm -hmm. You'd think that you would have been more recruited than that, that, that you know, you had had a couple of these big schools after you, unless the, the, the caliber of football here isn't that good. I mean, how come all those, you got a whole trophy case of, of uh, well, MVPs and stuff? Mm -hmm. uh, the caliber of football in South Mississippi is very good, mm -hmm. but we're a smaller school. You, know, you got teams like Pascagoula where Terrell Buckley and Shane Matthews. Um, What's the name of that school? Pascagoula. Uh-huh. Uh, which is a—it's probably a 1,500-student uh, high school, yeah. uh, where we were like 350. Mm -hmm. And then there's Gulfport High School that put out basketball players like Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson. But you were like all league, and you, you must have been. Sure, all, I was, yeah. but it was. So it's still surprising that you wouldn't get a—you know—an offer from from Alabama. Well, I got or a bunch Miss of letters. Or, yeah. No, it's just like <laughs> just a bunch of letters. You know, I piled letters up and said, you know, this is great. But when it came time to offering scholarships, I guess they said, look. Um, you know, your dad didn't throw the ball very much on your high school team. I think my senior year I threw for 400 yards. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't know if you can throw or not. You know, you got a strong arm, but whether or not you can, you know, you can do it on a college level, we don't know. Um, and I can see where they were coming from, but, you know, we won. And the bottom line was winning, and I don't think dad really cared whether, you know, we threw and won or we ran and, and won. What was your uh, favorite subject in school? Math. Really? Yeah. That was, that, that was a subject you looked forward to going to? Going I don't want to say I looked forward to it. Uh, I never looked forward to going to school, mm -hmm. period. But mm -hmm. since I had to go, math was, was the one hour I could get through pretty easy. Now, your mom tells me that you never studied, you never brought home books, mm -hmm. but you just must have, but you always had good grades. Yeah. How'd uh, you do that? Well, I always felt like uh, when I left school that now it was time to, you know, to play. Yeah. So I said, heck, I'll do all my homework at school. I'll study at school. I'll well, you must have class. paid attention in class. Yeah, right? I paid yeah. attention. I went 10 years of, of uh, grade school without missing a day of school. Um, so You never missed a day of school? No. What happens when it rained and, and, the, and the road got muddy? Well, if, here if school could... was canceled, oh, okay, then, so, then I would miss. Right. But, but if, if, if school was going on, then I went. Mm -hmm. now, your mom seems to me to be the real athlete. Because you have two brothers that are good athletes, and your mom is, you know, she must, because I think all good athletes get it from their mother's side as opposed to their father's. Well, you know, I think both of them would like to bargain for that, uh, <laughs> for, for that, uh, that statement. But, you know, I think a little bit of both. My mother was a basketball player back when they played, uh, I think it was six-man basketball or something. Um, she's not that old, but my goodness, six-man basketball. And then my dad, of course, he likes to think that uh, he likes to boast around town that I got my arm from him. Um, he was a pitcher in college at Southern Mississippi and, and also played football, but it was, it's kind of unusual that he played receiver and all three of his sons played quarterback. 
Now, what about your your grandma? She had she has an interesting past too. Yeah. Me Ma. Me Ma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, she knew Al Capone. Me <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> up here on the dock here. Yeah, she's listening. Uh, she yeah, I don't know too many people she doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, but she, you're right. She has a very unique uh, past and present. Yeah, okay. Is that right, Mima? I didn't hear that. What did he say? He said you have a very unique past and present. <laughs> that was funny. To go back for a second, do you remember your first experiences playing football as a kid? Sure. Yeah. The, the, oh yeah, I can remember the, the first game I ever played in, just like it was yesterday. What happened? Well, the, the, first of all, it was a, uh, as we call it, jamboree. It was three games in one day. Yeah. Uh, I was a fifth grader. And you play like a quarter against one team, a quarter against another team, and then a half against mm-hmm. the uh, third team. And I had my uniform on, and, and uh, it was funny because my dad said, well, i got to get a haircut first. Your dad told you you had to get a haircut? No, he had to get a haircut, yeah. and he was taking me to the game. Yeah. He wasn't my coach. Now, if he had been my coach, he would have been there an hour before. Mm-hmm. So we go and get a uh, I go sit in the barber uh, shop with full uniform on, and he's and wait for your dad. Wait get... for him to get his crew cut. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't have a watch on, but I knew that the game was supposed to start about eleven o'clock, and uh, it was about ten thirty, and we were about thirty minutes away. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting all nervous. You know, I'm nervous enough that I got to play a game because I've never played one before. And uh, here he is, my dad's falling asleep in the barber chair trying to get a haircut. So finally, he gets done. He says, oh, don't worry about it, son. We'll get there. So we pull up in, in our old pickup truck that had an extension wire held to the, the passenger door yeah. to keep it from, from flying open. Yeah. You know, yeah. It wouldn't even lock anymore. Um, so I jump out. I run out on the field, and they'd already started playing. I was a split end um, and wasn't quarterback. They put me in like the first play I think I was in. It was the first or second play. The guy threw one to me. I jumped up and caught it. And I came down on top of the ball and knocked yes. the, the wind yeah. out of me. Now, if you've ever had the wind knocked out of you, you, know, you think you're dying. Oh, yeah, especially the first time. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm crying now because I'm late. Now I'm really crying because now I think I'm dying because I can't breathe. And, uh, and I jumped up after I started crying. Everyone came out to see if I was okay. You know, they pick you up by your pants, yeah. the whole, you know, the whole deal. Cheerleaders are looking. And I said, uh, I don't want to play this position anymore. I said, can I play quarterback? So they put me in a quarterback and we were running the, the wishbone. And I think I ran three touchdowns in that day. And the last one I ran in, I got the guy, that, you know, we had the, you had your fruit of looms on. Yeah. And you just you pulled your football. You strap. No, no, no. You know, fifth grade. And then you pull your pants over and you had those snap-in pads. Yeah. Just snapped in, hip, button, the other side pad. And he, the guy tackled me as I went in the end zone and just pulled him right down. And I was sitting there in my underwear <laughs> in the end zone. Uh, Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. 
John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. So, yeah, I do That was a unique end zone celebration. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Yeah, I can't do that anymore, though. (laughs) Now, when you you were growing up and you were living in this house, you had all three of your brothers lived in the same room, right? Right. But... Did y'all sleep in the same bed? That must have been a little... No, I had a little single bed. My uh, older and younger brother slept together in a, in a king-size bed. Well, how, how did you get the single? I mean, if you think your older brother would have gotten that, how did well, you rate that? My uh, my two brothers like to snuggle, as they call yeah. it. I was never a big snuggler, yeah. so I said, look, you guys can snuggle in the big bed. I'll take the single bed. <laughs> <laughs> now, th- three guys, too. What about all the laundry and stuff? You guys must have ended up picking up, you know, wearing each other's clothes and stuff. Did you yeah. have, like, name tags, like, for your guys? Well, for- see, I would always mark my stuff. And uh, Scott and Jeff would never mark theirs. They didn't care. Yeah. When you marked it, would you write Brett on the on the back of the... I, I'd usually write BF on it. Yeah. Um, and, and Scott and Jeff wouldn't do it. But occasionally I'd see them walking around the house with BF on their mm-hmm. underwear. Yeah. Or their T-shirt or, or shoes, because yeah. me and Scott's always worn the same pair of shoes, and uh, you know I would get very angry because we'd all. If go somebody to else is wearing your underpants. Yeah, well, it's, now I'm pretty used to it because <laughs> I've, I've I've bought about forty pair of underwear, yeah. and that way I can. Would well, you wear the jockeys or the or the trunks? I kind of got the. You don't have to show it. I kind of got the half deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, the half underwear, yeah. half boxers. Yeah. What are they called? The halfway. Joe Boxers or something something like that. I don't even know. Well, I can't say I've always wanted to know if Brett Favre was a boxers or briefs kind of guy, but gotta love that Steve had such a curious mind, even though I must admit I am still cracking up that he asked a grown man about his underpants. When we come back, we'll hear about Brett's college and pro experiences. And I promise you, no more underwear talk. Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Build the team that will build your business. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. Hire at home or in 180 countries around the world to find the right talent for whatever your business needs. Upwork, the world's work marketplace. 
Learn more at www.upwork.com. This podcast is sponsored by Kendrel. Kendrel designs, builds, manages, and modernizes the mission-critical technology systems that the world depends on every day. Working side-by-side with their customers, they imagine things differently. By forging new strategic partnerships, they unlock new possibilities, creating a world powered by healthy digital systems alive with opportunity, oxygen to innovation, and energy to change the world. Kendrill, the heart of progress. Welcome back to NFL Films Tales from the Vault. Brett Favre's toughness has always been legendary. His determination to never miss a game ultimately led to 321 consecutive starts, including the playoffs, the most in league history. But for those that don't know, that streak and his toughness are even more impressive when you learn about his near-death experience prior to his senior year in college. It's been written about, but hearing it from the mouth of Brett Favre is chilling. When you went to to college and then you had that automobile accident, Mm -hmm. how did that happen? Uh, Basically, you probably drove right past it because it's only about seven-tenths of a mile from where we're sitting right now. That sounded like a horrible accident. Well, it was. Uh, I'm very fortunate, but also... um, very unfortunate. Um, that was at a time, once again, back when the the road, now it's been redone. Mm-hmm. And at one time it was real gravel and and uh, like loose dirt. Mm-hmm. And I was coming home, I was actually coming here, and uh, there's a sharp curve and went around the curve. Probably was going faster than I should have been, but you know, I'd mm-hmm. done that a million times and caught the uh, uh, like the shoulder of the of the dirt, you can see coming down this road. If right. you you know if you lose it, you know, mm-hmm. you're done, and just lost control and tried to pull it back on the road. And when I did, and went off the other side, flipped three times and hit a pine tree. The car flipped, flipped. in the air three right. times. Yeah, went down into an. Sounds like one of those die-hard crashes. Yeah, yeah, like the fall guy. Yeah, the fall guy. Yeah, looked like the fall guy. Except uh, I came away with a few more injuries than than he would. Uh, but it was July 14th of 1990 and was going into what I'd hoped to be, you know, like a Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. uh, senior season. Uh, whether or At not Southern would, Miss. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, a small school. We had a, a good schedule, playing Alabama, yeah. Auburn, uh, Georgia, those type of schools, and, and was hoping that that would propel me into to the NFL. So we had a good chance. Um, I came away with 30 inches of intestines being removed, fractured vertebrae in my back, mm-hmm. uh, numerous cuts and bruises and... And other things, um, but ended up playing on our second game, September eighth. How many weeks after the accident was that? Well, I had the surgery August eighth to uh, remove the intestines. And then you played. Played how many? four weeks later against four Alabama. Weeks? Did the doctor say it was okay for you to no, do? No, they told me I, I needed to sit out the whole year. And you just, and you played four weeks. Four weeks later, yeah. because I, you know, I, they said, well, why don't you just take a redshirt year, uh, because I hadn't redshirted yet, and just sit out, and come back the following year. Uh, you know, ready and uh, probably better than you ever have been. And I said, well, you know, this is supposed to be my year. And I'm, I think if I can come back and prove to everyone that if I can play after everything that's happened, then I can play in any, any time. Um, and they said, well, it won't be done. I mean, you're just in too bad a shape. You know, I'd lost 35 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I proved them wrong and came back and played, and we played Alabama that, that day and beat them. Mm-hmm. Then you went on to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And you get drafted by the Falcons. Jerry mm-hmm. Glanville's a coach. Now, I know Jerry Glanville, and I, and I know you pretty well, and you'd think that that'd be a good combination, you know, and it wasn't. 
What happened? How come that didn't work out? Well, the way I look at it, the old saying, opposite attracts. Yeah. That's true. Me and Mike Holmgren are right. totally opposite. Mm -hmm. But we get along very well. Me and Jerry were too much alike. Mm -hmm. You know, Atlanta wasn't big enough for, for the yeah. two of us. And, and obviously he had a lot more power than I had, so I was gone and he yeah. stayed. Um, you know, How would you describe your lifestyle when you were in Atlanta then, when you were just... Oh, it was uh, uh, free-spirited, you know, mm -hmm. uh, having fun, going out every night. I had friends from high school who lived there. Uh, my brother was living with me. Yeah. Um, I was 20 years old, half the season. Um, had all this money and, and a lot of time. Yeah. And we just, we went and played golf every day and we went out at night and um, you know, I showed up for meetings and did everything I was asked to do, but there was no interest there. You know, I didn't from really Jerry, care. he didn't, he didn't. Well, no interest from him and none from me. I mean, I, I was never really given a chance other than playing a little bit in preseason. And then they brought in Billy Joe Tolliver and, and I was never told why he was, he was put in the second string and I was made third without you know, ever, uh, you know, a, a battle for it. Um, but it, I think that's the best thing that ever happened to me was getting a chance to play for Atlanta. When Jerry Glanville said that, that Brett Favre was unteachable, that you had a bunch of teachers here that read it and sent a letter to him saying that you were really a good student and that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the right way to describe you? Absolutely. I had about five or six teachers who, who wrote letters. Um, I had elementary teachers, junior high teachers, and high school teachers who wrote to him um, and, and basically set him straight. Mm -hmm. All right, going, to, to, going now we're to Green Bay. How would you describe your relationship with, with uh, Mike? Well, it, was, it started off very rocky and, mm -hmm. and difficult uh, because we were, I, we were so different. And the way I look at it, and I could be wrong. When you say you're really different. I mean, describe you and describe Mike, how, how, why you, you say that you're that different. Well, I'm from here. I'm from yeah. South Mississippi. Mike's yeah. from San Francisco. And most people uh, in the United States, maybe not most people, but have been to San Francisco before they've been to South Mississippi. Mm -hmm. um, and then if they came to South Mississippi, they'd see a big difference. I mean, everything here is so slow. Mm -hmm. and no one gets in a hurry. There's no traffic. I never saw a taxi cab until I left high school. Mm -hmm. um, we basically eat Cajun food around here. Mm -hmm. it's, it's either fried shrimp or red beans and rice or etouffee. Po boys? Po boys yeah. or... Uh, shrimp Creole, something like that. You know, well, I don't even Jersey, know. all we have is diners. So you just talk about fried eggs, right? And bacon you know, you guys—that's right. You guys yeah. jump out of a cab, grab a Philly beef and cheese steak, and then yeah. you jump back in the cab and you go off. That's right. You know, here we just take our time. We ride into town, mm -hmm. eat a nice po' boy, and you drink your Bark's root beer. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's basically your day. Um, and people here talk real slow, and they have their own unique sayings. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's kind of how they deal with things. Mm -hmm. I mean, just real slow. And then. Here's Mike, who is basically used to a fast lifestyle, being mm -hmm. San Francisco and coaching at BYU, uh, winning Super Bowls, mm -hmm. coaching Joe Montana, you know, the best mm -hmm. quarterback to ever play the game, then Steve Young, um, who may be the second best to ever yeah. play. And then to, uh, to go to Green Bay, which obviously was a big change for him, mm -hmm. um, and then have Brad Favre come in, who was just totally unpolished. Mm -hmm. And to try, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's the, the, the biggest job he's had yet was to try to make me into a, a, a great quarterback. Mm -hmm. And he, he's, he's done a, a hell of a What's job. He, what did he try to do? What did he, he focus on in the beginning? Well, I think it, at first he maybe took it a little fast. Yeah. You know, and, and, and because he was so used to, to everything being perfect mm -hmm. and, and winning games and winning the Super Bowls that he thought he could come right in and do that. Mm -hmm. But what about you? I mean, you obviously were a good student in school. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could pick things up. You'd think that, that uh, you'd be a quick study. 
Well, I was, but, you know, I had to. The third game of the season, I had to play. Mm -hmm. um, and this is an offense that I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been four years. Um, and we, basically, when we went in, and we tried to, to do everything at once. And, and I say we, Mike and, and the offensive coaches, tried to say, okay, here it is. Here's 150 mm -hmm. pass plays we're going into this game with. Mm -hmm. And I thought, God, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is going to be very difficult. Mm -hmm. Well, eventually, over a couple of years, now we're going with 75. We've actually backed off. Mm -hmm. We said, let's learn these first mm -hmm. and then go on to these. And in the first couple of months there, it was not like that. Mm -hmm. And I, my head was swimming. Mm -hmm. And I said, God, maybe I'm just an idiot. Yeah. Come to find out that, that every guy that's ever went through this offense has, has had that yeah. problem. But every guy that's ever went through this offense had a chance to wait. Montana didn't start in his first year. Steve Young definitely mm -hmm. didn't start in his first year. But I had to start in our third game. Um, and and my head was swimming. I was learning on the run, and that's that's the most was difficult. Was that the game against the Bengals? It was a game against the Bengals. And the you week. won that with uh, you know we, we got. I'm sure you've seen that shot. We got that great shot of you in the right winning touchdown. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen it a million times, and I played horrible up until that last drive. Mm -hmm. I was fumbling. I had dropped interceptions. Everything. And then uh, at the end of the game. Mike called some basic plays, and he mm -hmm. kept repeating them, and it worked. And then gradually, we started working in, in things that we could do as mm -hmm. a team. Well, are you the kind of quarterback that likes it when a play breaks down, and then you got to be on your own resources mm -hmm. to make it work? Well, I don't want to say I like it, but, it, but if that happens, I feel very comfortable in doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to be able to drop back, have a perfect pocket, read for three or four seconds, mm -hmm. make a throw. But that's not going to happen. So I've always prided myself on, on, on knowing before I go into a game that there's going to be times where a guy breaks free. You know, as great as our offensive line is, mm -hmm. somebody's going to break free. The guys across them are pretty good. So what do you do next? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't look at it as, okay, I'm going to go into this game. Everything's going to be perfect. If I get rushed, I'll just throw it away. You make most of your big plays when you leave the pocket. Now, you don't have to be modest on this one. You think you have a strong arm? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've worked... Ever since I was a little kid, I've worked on, on throwing it as far as anyone else. and that's, that's As hard or as far? As far, which enabled me to throw, you know, if, it, it, in the sixth grade, if I could throw 50 yards, that meant I could throw 30 pretty hard. And then it just gradually got, you know, I don't work. When I, when I try to make my arm strong, I don't take 30-yard passes and just throw as hard as I can. I go about 70 yards and try to throw it. 70 yards? 70 yards and just throw it as many times as I can until my arm is about to fall off. <laughs> um, Do you ever have the criticism thrown at you that you throw the ball too hard? At one point, but but not anymore. Um, I always knew I could throw a touch ball, but a touch ball is you explain that. What do you uh, mean? Well, like a, a little screen throw, pass? Well, little. you know, every you throw a football any person in the world, and when they throw it back to you, they probably throw it hard. Mm -hmm. But it's, but a touch pass is when a guy's twenty, fifteen, ten um, yards away, and you're able to just lob it in there perfect. It's like throwing a dart, sort of? No, no, a dart is more of a, yeah. you know. Is, like is, that? Right. Is, well, no, darts is probably a big game around here. I shouldn't have said that. You're probably pretty good at that. See, I don't, not really, yeah. uh, because I like to drill it, you yeah. know, and then you can't pull the darts out of the yeah. board. But a touch pass, is, is it is hard to do. You know, if a guy's running away from you and there's a guy guarding mm -hmm. him, but he's two yards behind him, obviously you can't drill it because you'll hit yeah. the, the defender, but you got to be able to touch it in like mm -hmm. a rainbow. Yeah. Uh, and it is a hard pass to make, but uh, I feel that, that I can throw it as well as anyone. But uh, if someone sees me throw one as hard as I possibly can, they yeah. think, that kid's got no touch. Mm -hmm. you know, so. But you got an interesting motion, because you really like come right over the top like that. Is that something that came naturally to you? Or? It just came natural. Um, and God, you know, I'm lucky that 
that it did because it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me was my release because it's a quick release, it's short, and it's snappy, but also, you know, there's a lot of velocity behind it. Now, playing quarterback, do you think it's better to have a strong arm or to be able to make quick decisions? I think quick decisions. Yeah. Because almost every play is a quick decision. You know, if you, if you have a strong arm but you're two seconds late, mm -hmm. you can forget it. You know, nowadays the guys are so good. You know, some of your best athletes are cornerbacks nowadays. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these guys are getting better and better each year. And having a strong arm just doesn't cut it anymore. You have to have a lot of timing um, and, like you said, quick decisions. Um, you got to know before your guy and the defender knows mm -hmm. where you're going. But as having a strong as arm as you do, that can work against you, can't it? Because you can get overconfident right. and just figure out the guy's open and you can force it. Right. It's kind of like baseball. You take a pitcher who can throw 95. He, he has no junk. You know, mm -hmm. He can't throw a good curveball, not a good changeup. But he, he throws the ball so hard, he thinks he can overpower every guy who steps mm -hmm. to the plate. Mm -hmm. So he just drills a fastball in there. Eventually, some guy's going to knock it out of the park. Now, if we were going to look at all the interceptions that you've thrown in the last three years, what do you think would be the cause of most of them? Either you made a bad read, your receiver made a bad read, or maybe you... Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my day. <laughs> <laughs> The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
decided to force the ball in. Force this it. might be the first plane ever to fly over kill Mississippi, right? I, could I, be. I haven't heard a sound, right? Could be. They may have heard that Steve Sable is in town <laughs> and they're trying to get, you know, that could yeah, be the, hard yeah. copy. <laughs> but you're, you're right. They don't fly around too often. But well, uh, go ahead. Continue what we were talking um, about. It's almost every interception I've ever thrown has been forced. Mm-hmm. And that's no one to blame but myself. Uh, and I can almost tell you the play every time. You know, it's it's just one of those things. Like the minute you let it go, you say, "Oh no!" This right? Is- yeah. And they're mostly all down the middle. Very yeah. rarely do you see some of my balls being picked off on the outside by a cornerback, mm-hmm. like a, a throw that's behind or late. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's a it's a throw that's been lobbed through the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's once again that touch pass, which probably was an accurate pass, but you you always hear you never hang the ball up in the middle mm-hmm. because there's always someone roaming around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what uh, um, John Brody used to play quarterback for the 49ers mm-hmm. used to call that pass a St. Luke's pass when it's hanging up over the middle because whoever's going to catch it is going to end up in the hospital because you're going to you know right you're going to get your guy killed or you're going to mm-hmm. throw an interception mm-hmm. unless you just it's I mean it's a perfect throw and it's on time mm-hmm. and that's hard to do over the middle is that the toughest pass for you to throw it is um, I like that pass because you know it's 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 kind of the way I've I've grown up. I like to to do you know when I was playing touch football growing up and we'd be out in the yard playing, there'd be ten guys wide open, mm-hmm. but I'd always throw the guy who was covered because that was the hard <laughs> one yeah, to do. Yeah. And then when you completed, everyone go, "Woo, that's yeah, pretty good." Yeah. And that's kind of got me in trouble today. Uh, you know, a guy looks kind of wide open down the middle, but but I know it's a tough pass. I'll try to make it. Mm-hmm. And I just got to learn that throwing down the middle is, is, is probably the worst place to throw. Ultimately, Favre ended up with a much more ignominious record than his consecutive game streak. Most interceptions thrown in NFL history with 336. So this reminds me of a conversation I had with Brett just a few years ago. We were talking about the quarterback he thinks most resembles him in the game today, and it's Patrick Mahomes. Of course, both Favre and Mahomes coached by Andy Reid. So Favre had said to Reid, it's got to be a lot easier coaching Patrick Mahomes than it is me. And Reid said, no. So Favre says, Andy, you're just being too kind. He never throws interceptions. I mean, what fun is that? As a coach, don't you want a little stress every once in a while? As Favre said, he gave Andy plenty. Well, when we come back, Steve hits Brett with a couple of out of left field questions that you have to hear to believe. You want the confidence of knowing that the people, places, and things that matter to you are protected. At Kitta, they're bringing you that confidence in smarter ways than ever before. Introducing the Kitta Smoke and Carbon Monoxide Alarm with smart features. The alarm connects with the Kitta app to bring real-time information on potential issues and alarm status right to your fingertips. It alerts you to both smoke and carbon monoxide using a single alarm and includes features like 10-year battery backup for peace of mind, whole home alarm activation, so when any alarm goes off, all alarms will sound and send a mobile notification, and the convenience of voice control capabilities. The Kitta Smoke and Carbon Monoxide Alarm with smart features is just the latest innovation from a trusted fire safety leader for more than 100 years. Explore Kitta today and take control of a safer home. Visit kidda.com slash safer home today to learn more. That's K-I-D-D-E dot com slash safer home today. 
America's most reliable network is going ultra with Verizon 5G ultra wideband in more and more places so you can do more. Ooh, like Alice here. Uh, hey. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. Wait, what? Yes, that's faster than your morning coffee run. Now I can watch it to go. Lights, camera, coffee. Order up and on to Blake. Downloading a whole season of his favorite show on his walk to the train. Did you already finish? Yep, got the whole binge. Whoa. A new song in seconds? Trish, that's incredible. I said that's incredible. She can't hear me. Verizon 5G Ultra Wideband is now in more and more places. Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. 5G Ultra Wideband available in select areas. Most reliable based on rankings from the Root Metrics U.S. Root Score Report dated first half 2021. Excluding C-band and not specific to 5G networks. Your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization. Brett Favre has always been a natural storyteller. In fact, over the years, any time that we would sit with him in a television production meeting or even in a casual setting, he would start to spin a yarn, as he might say. You know, he'd start talking about something and you'd wonder how we'd even gotten on this subject. And of course, oftentimes it would be some crazy story about his childhood. So when you hear these next two stories, this was not unusual for Brett. Now, your mom was showing me around the house earlier and there are a lot of these candles around here. What, what was that for? All these different like white candles. It looked like a voodoo kind of shrine or something. Do you, do you know? Oh, my goodness. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, your mom said something that, that a psychic... Uh... Well, I had a... Yeah. Now, I don't know if mom still does that, but a couple of years ago, the psychic told me... Uh, it was right when I was throwing these 24 interceptions type thing, and she said, next year, you're going to have a great season. This was going into my third year. She goes, but you got to light candles all week long. So of course, so I, they're you know, still here. Of course, here. people would ride by my house and they had smoke coming out of windows <laughs> and chimneys and all this stuff. Uh, but I told my mom about it, and uh, uh, a couple other friends knew about it. So everyone was lighting candles. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, yeah, I threw 33 touchdowns and like 17 interceptions, and you know, we went to the playoffs, won the first round. Well, then she told me uh, mid-season that year that this is not going to be your best year. That next year is going to be even better. The psychic said that. Yeah. And she said, just continue lighting candles and believe and all the stuff that, that you're going to do it, which I've always done, but I never lit candles before. So, you know, I lit some more candles. And after a while, I kind of quit doing a little bit. I kind of got, you know, a little embarrassed. You know, guys would come over and, you know, like, you know, I had a harem going. <laughs> uh, but sure enough, last year was MVP season. And um, so maybe, you know, mom and everyone else is still doing it. All right, I want to ask you a real serious question. You look back at your life and there's time you had that accident and you've been in an operating table and you've had seizures and you've been near death. Mm -hmm. If you had died and you hadn't had the opportunity to communicate, to let your last words with somebody, what would you regret not having told someone? If you'd have died in that car accident or on that, when you had your knee operated on, is there something that you would have regretted not communicating to someone then if you'd have died right there? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough question. I know. I told you it was a tough question. You, know? you didn't tell me coming in you was going to ask me something like that. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I've never thought about it that way. Um, you know, I guess I just want people to know, you know, how, how hard it is to, to, to play the, the sport I do and how hard it's taken me to get here and that, I, you know, I am a good person and, and, uh, a lot of people that I went to high school with, a lot of people that I grew up with around here, I, you know, I don't see much anymore. Uh -huh. And I think they probably 
um, would assume that you know Brad's stuck up, and now that he makes money, you know he's too good for us, and all that. You know, which is totally false. You know, I think if anything, people have changed around me because they assume too much. Um, and, you know, and I, I wish it wasn't that way, but I bet a lot of celebrities and, and athletes could could relate to that mm -hmm. because we're basically the same person. If anything, a little more humble, a little more modest, um, and fortunate. You know, I'm very fortunate uh, because I grew up just like everyone else around here, and I just want people to know that um, and, and and treat me as such and not treat me any different. And I know that's hard for people to do, but, uh, you know, if, if anything... That I, one thing I've tried to do is give back to, to people, you know, whether it's here in, in Mississippi, whether it's in Green Bay or United States in general. I try to do a lot of things for other people, family members, mm -hmm. friends, um, and a lot of that goes unnoticed. You know, a lot of the negative things that we do as athletes and celebrities makes a paper, and that's mm -hmm. the big deal. Um, and that's the unfortunate thing about what, what we do. Why is it so important to you to be so tough, to be able throw up blood against the Steelers and keep playing. Play on an ankle against the Bears, you can hardly walk. I mean, is that part of being a quarterback? Something that you don't talk, people don't talk about? We were talking about how you make quick decisions, mm -hmm. how to have a, a strong arm. But what about the, the toughness? That seems to be so important that you, you, to you. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't think it's part of being a quarterback, although nowadays there, there are more tough quarterbacks uh, than several years back. Uh, you know, we could name a bunch. But it's just part of, of my mentality and how I grew up. Uh, you know, I wasn't able to be hurt um, unless I really was hurt. You know, you get the wind knocked out of you. My dad's over there screaming at me, get up. Mm -hmm. You know, we're play, I played baseball for him in summer league ball when I was 18 and got hit, you know, in the groin area, in the mm -hmm. midsection. And, and it basically knocked me down at shortstop. And if you've ever been hit there, you mm -hmm. know what it feels like. Yeah. My dad's screaming from the dugout, throw the damn ball. <laughs> so I had to throw it before I laid down <laughs> and started throwing up on, on a shortstop. I couldn't lay there, you know, like other guys. Um, and then eventually, I didn't want to. There was one point where I wanted to get the attention and I wanted to lay down and have everyone uh, look at you and, and wonder, God, is he okay? And when you got up, they clap for you. you know, well, Terry Bradshaw could really do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. he could play it up bigger yeah. than anyone. But, you know, I don't like to do that. Uh, I mean, there was one point where I did um, because I think my team needs me too much and, and I want to be out there. We talked to a lot of great players. I think we just were talking to Walter Payton. And he was saying there's a little voice inside him that says, you, you got to do better. you got to do better. I asked Emmett Smith the same question about do you mm -hmm. have a little voice inside of you? And he says, yeah, it's make it happen. Make it happen. Do you have some little, like a conscience or like a little thing um, on your shoulder? Kind of like uh, uh, Walter Payton, you can do better. You know, as, as well as I played last year, we didn't win the Super Bowl. So um, there's some room for improvement. Mm. Okay, that's it. A little over six months after his interview with Steve, Brett won his first and only Super Bowl, beating the Patriots in New Orleans, about two hours from where this interview took place. Over the years, Favre has done many an interview with NFL Films, but nothing will top Steve and Brett sitting on the dock of the Rotten Bayou talking family and football. Now, next week, we'll hear from one of Brett's top rivals in the 90s, another Hall of Fame quarterback, the Cowboys' Troy Aikman. Thanks for taking this trip with me into the NFL Films Vault. Hope you'll join us again next week. I'm Andrea Kramer.
You want the confidence of knowing that the people, places, and things that matter to you are protected. That's why Kitta created the smoke and carbon monoxide alarm with smart features. An intelligent alarm that delivers advanced features and real-time notifications through the Kitta app and continuous 10-year detection of two common home safety threats, smoke and carbon monoxide. Explore Kitta today and take control of a safer home. Visit kidda.com slash saferhome today to learn more. That's K-I-D-D-E dot com slash saferhome today. America's most reliable network is going ultra with Verizon 5G ultra wideband in more and more places. With up to 10 times faster speeds, you can download a movie in mere minutes. Wait, what? Yes, Verizon is going ultra, so you can too. 5G ultra wideband available in select areas. Most reliable based on rankings from the Root Metrics U.S. Root Score report dated first half 2021, excluding C band and not specific to 5G networks. Your results may vary. Not an endorsement. Speed comparison to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Downloads vary based on network conditions and 5G content optimization. Could these study results apply to your life? If you or a loved one are living with HER2 positive metastatic breast cancer, take a look at the data for a clinical study where 50% of eligible people with HER2-positive MBC lived over two years without their tumors growing or spreading. Visit her2results.com to learn more. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Your teen requested a ride, but this time not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You drive your teenager around a lot to their friend Jacob's house, their other friend Jake's house, to James's, to Jaden's, to Jalen's, to... Uh, Mom, this is Jake's house, not Jacob's. Now with an Uber teen account, your teen can request a ride under your supervision. They'll ride with a highly rated driver, and with live trip tracking, you'll follow along the whole ride to their friends' houses that all sound the same. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. Bye, Mom. 